Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Colby Cast, your place for community and conversation about pop culture and storytelling. In this episode, Caleb, Luke, and I are going to share our spoiler-filled thoughts on Thor Love and Thunder. So if you haven't seen it, pause this and come back. So, are we ready? Hello, Caleb. Hello. Hello, Luke. Hi. Uh, so before we get into the actual movie, I wanted to hear your thoughts in uh, about Thor in general in the MCU. Where does he rank for you? What are your thoughts as the character, you know, over the, the history, really, of the MCU? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Um, I mean, he's no Howard the Duck, but I guess he's pretty cool. <laughs> Thor is one of my favorite characters because of his character development. Steve Rogers stole my favorite character, but he didn't have a ton of character development. He had a little bit, but from the first time we see Thor until now, I think that's the most character development we see in anyone. And I think he's the perfect balance between being all-powerful and just being a person. Mm. It's it's the same reason why I like Superman, but I love Batman. Because Mm. Batman's just a guy. Superman's just this omnipotent being who's indestructible. Thor's pretty close to that, but he you care more about the person than you do about his powers, right? So I think he's one of the best characters in all of the MCU. Interesting. Interesting. We've never even had this discussion, really, even about Marvel characters or specifically about Thor. So interesting to hear that coming from you. So Thor, Caleb? I love Thor, too. And So Thor the Dark World? <laughs> Took me a second. You love Thor also? I love Thor T-O-O. Got it. Yes. <laughs> um, I have to make sure that's that's clear or else people are going to come after me for saying Thor 2. People just triggered with the sound of that. So That's true. Um, I love Thor for all the reasons Luke's already mentioned, but he's also a complex character because he's 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 come from everything and nothing. Mm. And because of that, he's lost, but he's also a god. And all of these different things just make him relatable, but also this, like, this figure that nobody can ever really relate to at the same time. That's why I say he's complex. Um, but I definitely think he's one of my favorites as well. Interesting. I, I, I love to hear that you guys uh, enjoy his character so much. Because for me, uh, until Ragnarok, he was whatever. Uh, just for me... The idea of Thor, and again, not really having come from a comic books background, uh, the idea of Thor was, I really had to sort of get used to it, especially as they were introducing all these characters in the MCU, because for the most part, it was really sort of earthbound and um, grounded with Iron Man, was a very grounded story. Uh, Captain America, again, very grounded, even though we're talking about, you know, guys with a red skull and magical cubes and all this stuff that was still sort of rooted in reality. Thor was completely different, right? So it sort of took me a while to come around. But once Ragnarok came out, his his trajection from trajectory. his projection and trajectory, a.k.a. trajection, <laughs> was really one of my favorite things through Infinity War and Endgame. 
and especially Infinity War. I, I think he was one of my highlights for Infinity War and even more so in Endgame because, you know, I just felt seen. I was seen <laughs> by the MCU gods. Uh, but kidding aside, that reaction, you know, with Thor Lebowski or Thorbowski uh, in his whole dealing with grief through food and video games and alcohol was actually very, in my opinion, was was brilliant. I thought it was played for laughs a lot, but the way that Chris Hemsworth portrayed that was incredible and one of my favorite things about Endgame. Did you know that it was his idea to make Thor fat? I did know that, and I thought that that was very smart. I thought it was really smart because, sort of to your point, Luke, he has changed so drastically from the first time we met him. Maybe Tony Stark would be the only one in that conversation about a character arc, right? Just because he started out so selfish and so me, 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 and ended up sacrificing himself, um, you know, for the betterment of humanity. Spoilers. Spoilers for Endgame. If you're listening to a Thor Love and Thunder podcast, <laughs> I'm hoping you will have seen Endgame. You would think. It's possible that you haven't, though. So, yeah, he sort of started out as um, not one of my – and I've never disliked him. I, he was just never all that interesting to me, but but through Ragnarok and everything after the fact was, um, yeah, he he's definitely one of the more interesting characters uh, in my experience. So let's talk about Love and Thunder with that being said. I thought it'd be fun to share three highlights and a missed opportunity for for this movie, which is Gosh, I don't know what the twenty eighth, twenty ninth, thirtieth movie in the MCU. I mean, the thing is so massive now. Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys liked about it. So we'll go around. We'll give uh, each uh, three highlights and then a missed opportunity in a round robin style. Who wants to go first? I'll go first, and I'll go with the thing that I didn't like first. Because oh, we're gonna start that way. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna start that way because I didn't like a lot about the movie. Interesting. Okay. Seeing Ragnarok, seeing his, seeing Thor in different pieces of Infinity War and Endgame, you see that he has, he's grieving, he's going through a lot. This movie wasn't, it was just too funny. It was like too, too much comedy, too much giggly, too much, it, that, that, that was it for me, too much. I really, really want to love it. I really want to love it, but... I'm. I don't know. I just. It didn't. I didn't walk out of the theater, going like, "Oh my god, that was so good!" Like I have in the past. This one, it just. I don't know. That's very very interesting because I know that you are not the only one that expresses th- that sentiment, uh, but I do know that there's somebody else in this room that may feel otherwise, which I think is brilliant and why i love having you guys and these conversations luke we're gonna go with the missed opportunity so you may have to hold on to other things but let's hear your missed opportunity for the movie so opposite to our marvelous miss marvel episode it's going to be very hard for me to find something that i didn't like about this movie because i loved it (laughs) i think it's just taika watiti he's I'm not a film junkie. I don't have a favorite actor, but I think I do have a favorite director now, and I think it's Taika Waititi because his humor is just, it's like scratching an itch for me. (laughs) 
it just it he hits all the right spots for me. I think we would be really good friends. Interesting. Uh, again, like I said, that's why I love having you guys on these kinds of conversations because we're gonna have two varied viewpoints. But what was a missed opportunity for you? Not enough screaming goats. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. No. Go ahead. This is. Beggars can't be choosers, but I'm going to choose. I wish we would have seen something with Loki. Oh, interesting. Because we know Loki's running around out there somewhere in the multiverse. Oh, and I think it would have been really cool if it was an end credit scene or just a little Easter egg of him like popping his head around a corner, something like that, where we saw Loki. And we didn't. So Taika Waititi, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> Man, you're, you're, uh, you're giving me whiplash here. We did get a lot of Loki. We got more Loki than I thought. We had Matt Damon playing Loki. <laughs> we had Loki tattoos on Naked Thor's back. We got strangled Loki. We got dead Loki. They, dead they're Loki. recapping at the beginning. Oh, right. That's true. Yeah. That was more, way more Loki than I thought it was going to be. It's so interesting you bring that up that we're even talking about Loki because not I literally have not thought about Loki from the time we watched the movie till now. It just wasn't something in in my brain. So really interesting. Well, when's the last time we saw Thor before this movie? Um, Endgame. And they didn't have time in Endgame to go over his grieving process with Loki specifically. True. It was losing Asgard and Loki and the the entire world, basically. Half the entire universe. Yep, it's true. So I wasn't surprised that... We got to see a little bit of Loki, but I, I sort of expected more. So you, um, we're still sort of waiting. It's an interesting point because we're still sort of waiting to see the movies reference these shows that have come out, right? So this would have been an interesting way to do it, right, with Loki and his whole arc with the Loki series because we did see him in Endgame and that sort of started off the whole Loki storyline for the disney plus series but we still haven't really seen the movies informed by those series yet so that's still something that we're waiting for uh yeah so before we go ahead and i've already said it i really want to like this movie but much like the snyder's cut of the justice league i want to see an uncut version of this one because the reason i don't like it is because there was so much funny stuff that it wasn't balanced out with either action or I don't even need like horror or film. That's not or, or, yeah. or fear. That's not yeah. my thing. Yeah. But I saw an interesting. I saw a bunch of inter- interesting quotes by Christian Bale saying that there was a lot of gold on the cutting room. Uh huh. Whether it was very funny scenes, very creepy scenes, very thrilling scenes. I want to see more of that than just the goofball movie that we watched. Interesting, yeah, Luke. Interestingly enough, to that point. Taika Waititi was also asked about the cuts, and he said that they were cut for a reason. Yeah. And, you know, I trust my boy Taika Waititi. Christian Bale's cool, but he scares me a little bit, so I don't know if I would be friends with him. (laughs) Wait, so you're friends with Taika again? Yeah, keep up. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm Uh, trying. I really, really liked um, Gore. Well, hold on. I I haven't got to share my missed opportunity. But... The reason I say that is because Luke mentioned Christian Bale. And if he's saying that there, it's cut for a reason, I also saw another quote saying that Marvel said, you have to keep this movie under two hours. Oh. If they wouldn't have said that, I wonder how different this movie would look. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, 
two hours. Yeah, because I do believe it came in as a runtime of one minute and fifty, one hour and fifty nine minutes. I actually looked it up. I did do some reading as well about those cutscenes, and I also saw that Taika Waititi quote saying that he felt that uh, those scenes sort of made the film lose momentum. And with when you're editing a film, you want it to keep up its momentum. And he felt that some of those scenes, he referenced uh, Peter Dinklage's scene, and we talked about also uh, Jeff Goldblum was apparently had a scene in it. And then an entire other character that wasn't even in the movie, uh, Lena H- Headley, I believe is her. I don't know. I think I don't know what character she was supposed to play. But anyway, those three specific scenes are the ones people talk about the most. And he said that he felt that it just caused the film to lose momentum and that he is not interested in any way, shape, or form of doing a director's cut. Boo. Sorry. Sorry. But I, I, I think it's interesting that you guys both have these opinions because I fall somewhere in the middle. I think that it was too silly. I thought that a lot of the humor was just too much. I loved the silliness and the funniness, if that's a word, of Ragnarok. I think it's one of the best parts of the Thor character that they introduced was the sense of humor. That's one of the things I really enjoy about him from the beginning of since Ragnarok. I just think that this movie went too far with it. It didn't go past a a line, right? It didn't cross the line, but I just think that there was too much of it. It was just, just too silly. Uh, and there was also a lot of convenient things going on. Um, like Stormbreaker. Why did he start glitching? I, I don't understand. He's Stormbreaker is literally taking Thor everywhere he needs to go from Infinity War and through a lot of this movie. And then all of a sudden, he just starts to glitch. And they didn't explain why. If they didn't explain why, I didn't catch it. And if they did, I'm, I'm sorry, Taika. But I don't understand why that happened. I think it was like the whole, we're fighting because you're with Mjolnir thing. So it was like the, that I thought was funny. Like yeah, the whole... You know. The running joke of him, you know, Stormbreaker sort of creeping up on Thor because he's giving too long of a gaze to Mjolnir. I thought that was funny. So that's why he was doing that? I think... It was doing that? I think Stormbreaker was acting out. Oh, yeah, I can get behind that, but I guess I didn't get it when I watched the movie. So that seemed a little bit too convenient for me. Um, Another thing was, did we know... Please answer this question for me. It's a real question. Did we know that Heimdall had a son? before this movie? I have no idea. Yeah, so that was the other thing, was we needed a character to connect us to the kids, and here's Heimdall's son. I don't, I don't remember. I just thought it was a little convenient, so it didn't, it didn't work for me. Um, so these are all in my missed opportunities. And I actually think that Thor needs to figure this out. He needs to figure out who he is, because now he's talkings all this is everything has been since endgame like i don't know where i'm going i don't know what i'm doing and i don't feel like they resolved that in this movie so he went off with the guardians of the galaxy they were in the movie for two minutes i didn't particularly think that they added much to it i think peter quill needs to shave he did not look good (laughs) he needs to wear his star lord helmet i didn't think they were underwhelming for me uh and i just think thor needs to me I don't know. Do you guys think that he has figured it out now that he has um, a daughter? I think he's figured out who he is, and he may have figured out what he's doing, but I don't think we know that. Okay, that's an interesting thought. I don't think he's figured out 
what he his his goal is, but I think he's figuring out who he is, and I think it's a little more complicated because now he has a whole other soul to take care of. Which is a one of the interesting things, and we'll get to the highlights now. But I, that was one thing I, I did enjoy was you know that the Gore's daughter storyline. Luke, did you have something else you wanted to add? Well, I was going to say I think who he is is a father now. Oh, that's that's a good point. There's obviously character growth that's going to happen, but when you become a parent, who you are and what you do becomes it, it goes in the back seat, right? He is now a father first and foremost. And I think that's going to be his focus, and that's going to allow him to figure out who he is, who, become who he wants to be, and that'll take him wherever he's going to go. That's um, encouraging to hear. I like that idea. And it sort of, to you know, my last point was that I, even with these missed opportunities, I, I still enjoyed the movie, and I'm still glad that Thor is in the mix for ongoing stories in the MCU. And to see where he goes now because of this new dynamic will be interesting. My last little tiny nitpick is Korg, who always makes me laugh a lot. I realize I need Korg in moderation. I <laughs> I found him to be less funny as the movie went on. Although I loved, loved, loved seeing his husband, whose name is Dwayne. And we talked about this. I really hope that that's a reference to The Rock. Dwayne the, the Rock Johnson. I, thought, I I hope, really hope, but uh, you know that's it. That's it in my head canon. You mentioned Korg, and one of the major silly things that I actually liked about the movie was when the screaming goat grabs uh, his face and just starts running with him. Remember when he's yes pieces? Yes. I thought that was so funny. Yeah, um, I'm sort of glad that Korg can't die, but I never thought for one second that he was going to, even when uh, Zeus did that. Anyway, so we're, we're getting off track, but let's talk about some of the things that did work. So let's go with uh, our first highlight of Thor Love and Thunder. I like that you're getting to see... I, I, okay, here's, here's how I'm going to put it. Natalie Portman. Okay. I thought she was so good. And it complicates things because they put a really real aspect of stage four cancer. Yeah. And now Mjolnir's calling to her and saying... Like, let's do this. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, she, she passes away. But I think that's a huge thing for Thor to have to carry because now he's now lost another loved one. And maybe that scroll on his right side tattoo grows a little bit more. Um, but I think that's going to be huge for his character development and figuring out what he needs to be doing, like what his destiny is, per se. Um, because what what's the last thing she says to him? Like, like don't let go or something like... Um, Something moving. I can't remember. I'll find the quote. But um, it's why he looks at who I'm going to call love um, the way he does toward the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, Luke, are you good to go? Are you ready? Because I'm just going to piggyback on to Caleb's point because she was on my list of highlights as well. Jane Foster slash the Mighty Thor slash Natalie Portman. Although... I don't want to see Natalie Portman die anymore. We, we watch her die as Padme. We watch her die now as Jane Foster. One of the things that I enjoyed that I'm just going to hook onto my highlight of Jane Foster is that the post credit scene where we actually get to see her walk into Valhalla because now we don't have to have the last image of Jane Foster in our head being an emaciated body, you know, being torn apart by cancer. Now she walked into paradise, Norse paradise, right? She's got her her um, happy face on. She looked healthy and good. So that was uh, a nice thing. I thought, of course, Natalie Portman was phenomenal. 
Um, I thought she was the one character over the course of it, maybe Valkyrie too, but she found the balance between being funny and being heavy. She was the, that, um, that, what's it called? Uh, what is Ahsoka in Star Wars? Fulcrum. Fulcrum. She was the fulcrum, thank you, of, of funny and silly and heavy and dramatic. So, uh, of course, she was phenomenal. And I, last thought for me on Natalie Portman was I recently read an article, an interview that she said when she whispered her perfect, quote, quote unquote, her perfect catchphrase into Thor's ear, she said that she, there was a line that was written and that she said it and that she will never reveal what it was. Wow. Yeah. I thought that was my favorite thing was like, she was like, eat my hammer. <laughs> eat my hammer. <laughs> to Gore, I thought that was so funny. Yeah. And it was because it was another thing where in like Black Widow, they're going like, oh, you're going to like Superman pose or like, what is it called? Like superhero pose yeah, yeah. when you're jumping. It was the yeah, same superhero thing. Superhero pose, yeah. Same thing. It was like, oh, every superhero has this catchphrase. Let's yeah. make fun of it. Yeah. I thought it was so funny. Yeah, that was, a, that was a good part of the whole movie. All right, Luke. So from your long list of highlights... I've, you know, I've tasked you with choosing three. What's your first one? Well, it's not about Natalie Portman, but I do just want to point something out. I want someone out there, not me, because this sounds hard, but I want someone out there to find out what actor has their character character die the most per capita. Interesting. That would be good to know. Because Natalie Portman is probably up there. She must be really, really good at uh, death scenes. What can we say? So my first highlight, yeah, I feel like such a contrarian because everything people are saying that they didn't like, I liked. Oh. I loved the humor. <laughs> and I, so I, I get why people were saying that it was silly. But as someone who considers himself to be a good friends with Taika Waititi, I, <laughs> I will say that I think that it was very self-aware. Because if you've seen Taika Waititi's movies, they're all over the top. Like Ragnarok yeah. was, there was a lot of humor in it. I don't mean this in any insensitive way. Taika Waititi's Jewish, and he plays Adolf Hitler. Yeah, it's in a Jojo good point. Rabbit, it's true. Jojo Rabbit. He that should give you a really good sense of his sense of humor. Exactly, and it's always over the top. And yeah. so, I don't think that maybe it was silly. But I didn't see it in a silly way. I saw it as a very self-aware way. Where he's like, I, I'm making a movie about Thor, a god, in a universe of shows for kids. It's true. Right? Good point. So, of course he's going to go over the top with it. Of course he's going to have screaming goats in it. Of course he's going to play a character who's a rock who can't die. And all he does is crack one-liners the whole time. Yeah. And I think... It was, if you look at it in the light of being self-aware rather than being cheesy or corny or silly, I think it makes it, for me, I, it makes it even more funny because it's sort of making fun of itself, right? Like, like the whole scene where, um, in the beginning where he's sitting there with his robe and Stormbreaker's planted into the ground and he's just staring off into the distance while everyone else is fighting for their lives. That is so self-aware. That's a good point. Right, and when he gives his whole speech about, um, God, what was the line he said when he's about to save the day where he, uh, he like, takes off his robe to reveal yeah. the muscle jacket 
<laughs> and he throws the robe on to the king. Like it's just so self aware. And yes, it's silly and it's goofy, but it it felt like it was making fun of itself. I think that that is an interesting perspective, and again, one that I hadn't thought about because you're right. If you're talking about, first of all, these are superhero movies. They're they can they should be over the top, uh, and not only is this a superhero genre, but we're talking about a god in a superhero genre. So yeah. I see what I see what you mean about this the silliness, and I'm glad that the humor landed with you, uh, because there's a lot of people that it did land with. So excellent, I, I like that. I like that perspective. Uh, so let's move on to our second highlight. Caleb, you ready to go? I've sort of already touched on it, but I really loved Christian Bale as the villain, and that's sort of like part one of my my second highlight. And because the movie was so goofy. I like that he was very much vindictive. He had his agenda and it wasn't like, oh, I think I'm right. You think I'm wrong. It's like, no, I know I'm doing wrong, but now I'm going to do it because that's what I need to do. And what was it? What was this sword called? The necromancer? Necro sword. Necro sword. What is the necromancer? I've heard that word I've before. Heard that too. Well, if you know, if you're out there listening and you know what the necromancer is, let me know. Because okay, so the necro sword. I like that it gave you a very quick history. I feel like mm. I've sort of been hung up on that in most of our episodes, but I like that it gave like where the necro sword came from. It's similar to um, the book that Agatha had that Wanda had. Right. Yeah. What is it called? The dark hold. The, the dark hold, where it's corrupting. The, the the holder yep so same thing with gore he says i have this vow all all gods will die yeah and he's out because you didn't take care of me when i prayed to you and you essentially had my my daughter murdered yeah you're done yeah. you're done yeah. and because of that it led to a a amazing scene in my opinion where they get to what is it called the shadow realm yeah they get to the shadow realm and now all uh, colors are just absent. It's just a black and white scene. And I thought it was a really good use of colors when they're starting to use the electricity, they're starting to use the lightning, they're starting to use uh, Gore's eyes. I yeah. thought that was so jarringly awesome. Yeah. Um, and then he's starting to, he's, he's telling Thor, he's like, summon the X. Summon the X and you're good. Just summon the X. Yep. He's like, I'll summon the X when you see a dentist. Yeah. I thought that was so funny. And again, it was because I really, really want to love this movie. Right. And it's because it was it was a good movie. Yep. I would absolutely watch it again. Um, now knowing that it was like, it's going to be over the top movie, very silly, very funny, very goofy. I think I'll enjoy it more. Um, but just those hints of the story, the action behind it. Um, I just, I, that was arguably my favorite scene of the whole movie. Yeah. I, I think, you know, you and I were sitting next to each other while we watched this and my brain must have been leaking out of my ears or something because one of my highlights is also gore. So everything that you're saying is what I'm going to say too. So sorry if I ruined your... Um, your. You could actually hear me through mom, I think, because mom <laughs> was sitting between the two of us. So sorry if I was... Maybe I was doing like an open running of the, the mouth. Well, I don't know. Like, Or you're just copying my notes. No, I, I don't. I don't see your notes. Um, my to to give it an image for most of the movie, I was doing a gym face from the office. There were certain things that were happening. <laughs> I just looked at the screen and just like this 
really yeah exactly <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't a bad thing but i was just like oh come on yeah there, there was a lot of that i'm going to talk about gore though some more because i agree with you on everything you said i i, I was even going to bring up the, the use of colors in the shadow realm because i thought that was not only just a really good idea but they even explained it really quick so that when we got there we knew why it looked the way it looked and um i thought that the execution of it was really good too just the just those subtle uses of color i thought they really executed very well on that and i really enjoyed um his origin it was very quick it was very concise it was very understandable and i thought it was very effective and very sad i mean his what a tragic tragic character what he suffered what he what he lost um and I think that's what makes him so dangerous because not only did he lose his family, but he lost his faith. And that makes him very, very dangerous. And then to have this Necrosword, you know, conveniently appear for him to do, you know, and it's almost like it knew what it was doing. I don't know if it's a sentient thing or how that thing works, but it was there right when it needed to be. And that corrupted him and that just made him even more dangerous. But I really enjoyed throughout the whole movie how they used the shadows. The sword would sort of grow up out of the shadows. The monsters would come out of the shadows. All of that was super effective. I thought it was very subtle and very... It's a, it's definitely an area that Taika Watiti, Luke's good friend, um, showed restraint, right? Because you could have gone crazy with that, but he used them so, so well. Uh, yeah, so he he definitely was a highlight for me. And to cap it off was his decision, right? Because he won. He he defeated the good guys. This could have gone a really uh, bad way. But when he saw that Thor basically said, listen, y- you can do what you need to do. And if you're going to do it, I'm going to spend my last moments with the person that I love rather than trying to fight you. I thought that that was a really powerful message and really well executed. And then he ended up making a good choice rather than, you know, succumb to his vengeance and revenge. I really enjoyed the fact that the, the, the resolution came sort of through dialogue rather than just beating him in a fight because they tried to fight him and they lost, but then they had to reason with him and speak to his heart. And I thought that that was uh, very, very cool. Definitely a highlight for me of the movie. Luke? You sort of took my idea, not necessarily about Thor or about Gore, but I like that Thor lost again. Yeah. And that's, that's part of the highlight. I like how different the movie was. I think that there are two groups of people who are in the minority, but they're so loud that they feel like a majority. There are people who absolutely despise the MCU because they say that it's not original, it's just cookie cutter, same thing over and over and over, right? Cool. Who cares? Then there are other people who they want the good guys to win every single time. They don't want any bad guys. They want the same story over and over and over. And I think most people are somewhere in the middle. And even though this movie might feel a little silly and goofy and too light, it was so different. And Caleb, you mentioned that 
Thor lost another person. And he lost to Gore. Mm. How many movies does the good guy lose the girl, loses the fight, mm-hmm. and he still ends up okay? Yeah. This movie was anything but cookie cutter to me, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that's a good point, and it made me think of his conversation with Rocket in Infinity War where he's just listing off all the people that he's lost. Now you can add Jane Foster um, to that list, and, and I hadn't thought about that either. That's uh, poor Thor. You know, he needs a win. He he has had a couple of losses. He needs a win. Uh, but what was another win for you, Caleb, on your list of highlights? I think the win is him. You see him as a full-on leader for the first time. And that's when he's surrounded by all the children of Asgard. Mm. And they're all looking to him, saying, you're our hero. We don't have weapons. You see all these shadow monsters coming after us. What are we going to do? And he says, we're going to fight. Grab anything you can. We're going to fight. And then he uses uh, Stormbreaker. And he, I don't know how else to describe it. Then he asks the god of Thor to make sure that everybody else can have the same fighting and yeah. uh, 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 wit, I guess, um, about them as he does himself. Yeah. And then you get to see the the little girl with the bunny <laughs> just lasering all these people. And I just thought it was so fantastic. And it's something that everybody can relate to, whether you're a child or, or a grown-up, where you don't... You, it's, it's the fake it till you make it, right? Yeah. It's the, I'm going to do it even though I don't think I can, and then I'm going to be better for it at the end. But... For the first time, I to me, I got to see Thor's next identity, instead of being the the yeah I'm a god I fixed everything and this is one of the adventures of Thor even though I just collapsed this this um, religious uh, a castle or castle, temple the <laughs> temple exactly um, but I, I saved everything right yeah. I think it was quite the bipolar opposite um, and. Seeing that from Thor, who, again, has lost so much and will probably continue to lose um, as long as he's... He's sort of like Atlas, where he has all of this weight Mm. on his shoulders, but he's still just persevering and trying to get through the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And now he has to do it with love, but I think that's going to be really interesting. Uh, I I like that. He... That's one of the reasons why I said that I'm glad that he's still around and still going to his, his story is still being told. And for all the points that you, that you brought up, my last one uh, before we get to Luke's last one is there's so much there's so so much that I could I could say and and I wanted to I wanted to talk about Valkyrie because I think she's an awesome character and and I really when when she was going up against Gore and I saw that was happening in commercials and in the trailer, a little seed was planted in my head like, oh, no, is she not going to make it out of this? Because she's a fierce warrior. She's the king of Asgard, right? But we're talking about Gore the God Butcher. Um, and I was afraid that she was going to meet her demise. And then she ended up getting stabbed. And I literally said out loud, I, I think I think everybody heard me. I said, "Oh no!" <laughs> I was really worried that she was, you know, gonna gonna die. Thankfully, she did not. So I'm very happy about that. But um, so I'm gonna be a little greedy and go and and give you my actual highlight now, which I got to talk about Valkyrie. But I love the fact that they brought Lady Sif back. 
I think that was super cool. I loved the fact that she ties back into the previous films. I think it was cool how they found her. She wanted to die as a warrior. Let me die. I want to go Valhalla. And they're like, bad news. <laughs> you know, you got to die in the battlefield. And the battle's over. <laughs> and so. all of a sudden, she just popped up. And it's funny you mentioned Lacey. That was going to be my honorable mention. Uh-huh. And I'll just make my, my honorable mention real brief. It was like in Stranger Things, is is Justice for Barb. This was like the justice for Lady Sif, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my last point about Lady Sif, though, is I know that this isn't the Star Wars universe here, but get the lady an arm, all right? I mean, she <laughs> she lost her arm, and I'm just so used to, you know, Anakin Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, and all these, you know, limbs that are missing. Just next scene, you have a robot arm. So somebody please get Lady Sif an arm. She is back in, in New Asgard which I'm super happy about because who knows, I want to see the character in future iterations of where, whenever we go back to New Asgard and she's helping train the kids because King Valkyrie is like, yeah, we're not losing kids anymore. They're going to learn how to fight. Uh, so I thought that it was an, a nice touch to have Lady Sif involved. Luke, what's uh, your last one? I love that they introduced specifically Zeus. Mm-hmm. And you can say what you want about this version of Zeus. I think it was hilarious because I think it was very Mm self-aware. But I love that they were bringing in Zeus and especially Hercules now. Yeah. Because Hercules in the comics is such a powerful character. He's up there with the Thors and the Hulks. And we're getting... I I didn't see enough people talking about it because we are getting an absolute juggernaut of a character into the MCU now. With Hercules? With Hercules. And he's coming to avenge his father, even though Zeus didn't die. And to add to that, I like that Valkyrie has Thunderbolt now Mm. because that's such a cool weapon. But I love that we're getting Hercules and the gods seem to be making a comeback. And they're coming back with vengeance. Batman. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm happy about it because that's going to be really fun to see. If if we we'll see how we see it. Yeah. But I think that bringing in those characters is amazing for the MCU because you have stories like Spider-Man where they're going to bring in, you know, more grounded characters and even when the stakes are high like they were in No Way Home, the villains were not, you know, threatening to destroy the entire universe true right but these gods can and it it raises the stakes a lot more than i think people realize it's definitely a brand new wrinkle to the mcu fabric right we've had so much introduced in in, over the last five six years this is even another thing now to contend with another direction that they can go with in the Eternals, what were the giant beings called? Celestials. I like that the Celestials were up with the uh, the gods. And I don't want to trigger anybody by talking about the Eternals, but I thought that was a cool little Easter egg. Uh, I agree. And they were used in a good way, right? They were, you know, just... Just peeking their heads in. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So well, that, that's going to do it for the recap. But I, I did want, you know, because when a new movie comes out or a new show's come out, we have to rank it. It's, uh, it's in our contract. As podcasters, we have to rank <laughs> things. So let's rank Thor Love and Thunder in the Phase 4 films. Um, again, I referenced your previous lists when we did this with Multiverse of Madness. So just to refresh your memory, Caleb, your first on your list was No Way Home, 
followed up by uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, then Black Widow, then Shang-Chi, and bringing up the rear was the Eternals. So where would you throw Thor Love and Thunder in your list of Phase 4 films? I'm going to lace up my shoes right now so Luke doesn't beat me up, but I'm going to put it just above the Eternals. Well, right now, I, I based on what you've said, I think that that's a reasonable thing. And I'm sort of hoping that you'll enjoy it more on, on subsequent rewatches, because it sounds like you will. Uh, I think I'm going to, to be quite honest. I think maybe it was just all sort of like sensory overload for me. So I think on a rewatch, I think I'll, it's going to be one of these movies that grows on me with time. Uh, at least I hope it will. So all I right, totally, so I totally feel the same way. So right now you're going to put that um, uh, right above Eternals, which is Eternals last. So Luke, your list looked like very similar, but it was a little bit different. So you had No Way Home first, Multiverse of Madness second, Shang-Chi third, Black Widow fourth, and then Eternals fifth. So uh, interesting. I'll be interested to hear what you where you put Thor Love and Thunder. I'm going to put it number two. Okay. And it's closer to no way home than it is to multiverse of madness in my opinion i think it was hilarious i think the action was great i think the writing was great my boy tyke killed it (laughs) i think the the delivery of everything was so good and even though it wasn't as action-packed as the multiverse of madness i loved it and I'm telling you, I don't know what it is. Maybe it wasn't that good of a movie, but it just it just hit. It checked every box for me. Well, I'm glad that it did because I always like it when people like things. And I typically like. I mean, the running joke around here for me is that I like everything, right? Um, and that the reason for that is that I look for things to like. So even if there are things that I dislike, I'm gonna go out of my way to find things that I like because I like to focus on those things more. So I'm glad that you enjoyed the experience overall. Um, I'm actually gonna take this opportunity to reorder my list. Uh, just real quick, for no other specific reason than I'll tell you why. But w- let me ask you this: Would you guys r- think about reordering your list at this point? At this point, no. Talk to me in the next two months when it's out on streaming services. Maybe I will restructure it, moving Thor higher, and then maybe other movies in different positions. But I'm good with it for now. Gotcha, Luke. You want to reorder your list? The only thing I would change is I would put Eternals even lower. well technically you did because you put thor love and thunder on the list so um my list was no way home first followed by multiverse of madness then black widow then shang chi and then eternals the way that we go about this is the rewatchability right we're not saying good bad i like i dislike we just say rewatchability so the fact that i have not watched one second of the multiverse of madness since it's been available says a lot for me. So I'm actually going to move Multiverse of Madness to just above Eternals. So I'm moving that down the list. I'm moving Black Widow and Shang-Chi above Multiverse of Madness. And I'm going to put Thor then uh, right between Shang-Chi and Multiverse of Madness. So my new list will read uh, No Way Home, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Thor, Doctor Strange, and then Eternals. So, yeah, I, I mean, I just don't... I didn't dislike Multiverse of Madness. It just, with all of the stuff that it did, it just hasn't screamed out to me, hey, rewatch me. You know, if anything, I might rewatch the Illuminati part, 
my favorite part about the movie really was America Chavez. Um, anyway, but this isn't the Multiverse of Madness mm-hmm. uh, uh, podcast. This is uh, Thor. Um, so let's actually, I was, I'd like to hear what you guys think before we finish up. What do you guys think about phase four in general? Let me, let me give you some fun facts about phase four. And there was a tweet out there. Thanks to a website called IGN. They actually put a tweet together and they broke down the phases by films and total hours of basically storytelling. So phase one had six films in it and was about 12 and a half hours of content. Phase two also had six films and was also just a little over 12 and a half hours of content. Phase three had 11 films and almost cracked 25 hours of content. All right, so for that context, phase four has six films already, seven shows, and is almost at 50 hours of content. So... Let me see if my numbers are correct. 24. It is about as long as all three previous phases. And this has been going on for a year and a half. So in a year and a half, we've got about as much MCU content as we did in the previous however many years that it took three phases of them to tell these stories. I'm not saying it's a good thing, a bad thing. It's it's just a fact. It's just um, an interesting fun fact. So how... Are you guys enjoying Phase 4 in general? Um, just give me your thoughts. I'm enjoying it because, again, it'll be, it'll, it'll be my thing until I die. Um, I like new characters. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. stories. And Phase 4 has had the most yeah. uh, new characters. So I'm going to continue to watch it because of that. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think it's good because it's different. And I've said it in the past that... To go from movies like Endgame, you can't. It's difficult to sort of come down from that. Expectations are real high because it was a wonderful film and it was the the climax of it all, right? Um, but I think it's done a good job. I've liked it so far. Yeah, so have I. It's. Uh, I'm glad that you are, Luke. I think it continues to get more polarizing. I think mm-hmm. when the movies are good, they're great, and when they're not. They miss. Like, for me, I loved Thor Love and Thunder. I think everybody universally loved No Way Home. I loved the Multiverse of Madness. But the Eternals, not a fan. Shang-Chi, I didn't rewatch it, and I don't plan on rewatching it. Black Widow, eh. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll get... The Law of Averages will kick in eventually, and I think it'll even out. But right now it's very top heavy. Well, no, no, it's not very top heavy, but it's very polarizing. Yeah, there's a lot of big ones, a lot of misses. That's interesting. Uh, both of your perspectives are are good, and and again, I'll fall somewhere in the middle. And I I think that the phase has spent a lot of time setting things up, and that's to your point, Caleb. You've enjoyed the new looks, the new characters, the new directions, even when they're their current characters, right? With like Falcon, Winter Soldier, with Hawkeye, Wanda. These are new, same, they're the old characters, but new directions. But then we've got so much introduced. Um, And that goes to your point, Luke. Some of it has worked for some people. Some of it has not worked for some people. Uh, For me, and this isn't a good or a bad thing. I think it's just, I would like to know where we're going 
Marvel was always good about when they were announcing their phase films, they all culminated with an Avengers like event, right? Mm-hmm. They haven't they haven't announced an Avengers movie. Now, Comic-Con is next weekend. They do have a presentation with Hall H. Marvel is going to take Hall H and Hall H is the big where where big properties uh go and they make big announcements and they do big things. So we'll see what happens at Comic-Con. But so far, an Avengers movie has not been announced. A lot of things have been announced. Some things without even having um, release dates, but no Avengers film. And you always knew that a phase was coming to a close when you got an Avengers film. Even if you had a, an epilogue with like Ant-Man or, or, or a Spider-Man movie after the Avengers movie, um, you knew that the phase was coming to a close when the Avengers came along. We help, We don't have that yet. So I'm interested to see... I'm not saying it's neg- it's a negative thing or necessarily a good thing, but I think I'm ready to know like where are we going with all this new setup because they have done a wonderful job doing all this new setup and introduction, which is the property that's going to come along that's going to tell us okay, this is the direction we're going. Maybe they're not going that way in this phase and if they choose not to do that, I mean, they don't pay me for my opinion, so I'm going to go with what they go with. So that's cool, but I do think that um they have done a great job setting the table. So I think it would be cool to start getting the appetizer course brought out, right? So, um, I have a comment and then a question. My comment is I'm okay with it not really having one really quick Avengers movie or something to its equivalent. I like that these characters are sort of in their own lanes right now. And it's because I like the new characters. It's because I like the setup. So when, like you said, the, yeah. the, the meals start coming out... Uh, in the the bigger movies, the the crossover movies, whatever you want to call them, I'll enjoy it. But I'm not really looking for that right now. But my question is like, what's what's next? Mar- Ms. Marvel's over. Thor's over. What what's next? Um, that's a wonderful segue for w- what my notes say right here, which <laughs> says what's next. Uh, and, but I think your point about before we get to that, I think your point about enjoying setting things up is is a good one because it's everybody's um, own his own perspective and likes and dislikes because I enjoy more of the conclusion. Mm-hmm. I like when, when a story is, is coming to an end, not that I dislike other things, but my favorite of my favorite things is when I get the, the end game, the infinity war, the old, the Ultron. So that kind of thing. So it's just a different, different tastes, right? I thought your end game had two meanings, like the end game and the movie, but, that would have been smart for me to do, but you know we'll, you. We'll go with it. Um, I like I like driving, and I think that's a good analogy. We're past the traffic of COVID, where it's pushed everything mm. back. Now I'm just enjoying the ride, enjoying getting there. And if we get there and no more traffic, I'm happy. But if not, I'm gonna continue enjoying the ride. Well, I think that's an interesting thing that you brought up COVID because there's no denying that COVID and the pandemic affected phase four, especially the early parts of it, they had to reshoot things, they had to reorder the release of things. And that is undeniable uh, to, to see its effect uh, on on the phase four. So you can't shake that. Was there something you were trying to say a second ago? Oh, no, I was just showing a layup. I just tossed up something. And then I ran over and pretended to catch it and dunk (laughs) it because he gave you a layup. Oh, oh, (laughs) with the what's next thing. So we'll circle back around and I'm going to catch that pass and dunk it. Uh, so what's next is, why are you throwing things at me? You, you just threw a mini hockey puck at me. This uh, LA Kings. 
You don't <laughs> slam dunk hockey pucks, especially mini ones. Not when you don't catch it. <laughs> well, you typically don't catch things when you throw it when you're not looking. <laughs> when you when you pass a puck, what is that called? Catching a pass. Right? We're not doing this. We're going to go on to bury the, the bury it. Bury it. Score the goal. Slam dunk. Backdoor tap in. Backdoor tap in. So what's next? You asked, so I'm going to give you that answer. Next up is She-Hulk on Disney+. Plus. drops August 17th. Then the next film that is scheduled to come out is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, that comes out in November, doesn't it? November 11th. November 11th, 2022. That's the next film. And then after that, we're going to stick to just what's scheduled for 2022 because we could talk for the next 20 minutes about what's up after that. But we're just going to stick with this year. Um, after Wakanda Forever is the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special on Disney Plus, December 2022. I have no idea what this is going to do or what it's about, but it sounds like it's going to be a blast. Um, and then I I know at some point What If Season 2 was announced to be coming uh, 2022, but they have not given us anything, at least that I know of. Uh, as far as a release date or if that's still happening or if it's going to be pushed 2023. But at, at some point, what if season two was supposed to come along? Maybe we'll get that in uh, Comic-Con announcements because, again, they are going to be doing that next weekend and they have a big, big presentation. So That'd be cool. Yep. I, I like that they're releasing Black Panther on 11-11-22. It's a, a nice additional date. You like how all those numbers work. It's also uh, Veterans Day, so uh, thank you for your service. All right, so um, that's going to do it for our Thor Love and Thunder recap episode. Thank you all for listening, and boys, thank you very much. I call you boys, but you're not boys, you're men. Guys, men. dudes, thank you. Uh, any final thoughts before we sign off for this episode? Uh, no, I'm just looking forward to She-Hulk. Me too. Are pregnant women human submarines? <laughs> I'm going to be careful next time I throw out the final thoughts question. So um, on that note, I'll let you guys come up with your own uh, idea and answer for that question. But thanks for it. I really appreciate it. And I also really appreciate everybody that listens to the podcast. We are having wonderful numbers. Um, We really appreciate all the support that everybody's giving us. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottoms of all of our hearts for listening to this episode of the Colby cast. You can find The Colby Cast on Twitter and Instagram at The Colby Cast. If you're wordy, like me, you can send an email to thecolbycast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is not endorsed by anyone or anything for that matter. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Colby cast, unless otherwise indicated. That'll do, donkey. That'll do.